Shalom to all. Today's daf is Yumadaf Nun Hey. We are starting Nun Dalar Base, the bottom line, the first word on the line. And the Mishnah had said, Natal Saddam and Misha Baras Bai. And the Mishnah described how the Kayan Gadol took the blood from the one stirring it to prevent it from congealing, then sprinkled the blood in the Kesh Kadashim, one above and seven below, explaining that he didn't actually sprinkle the blood on the Arain, as it might seem from the Pasuk. Rather, he did it towards the Arain, like a Matzlif. And now the Gemara asks, My Kemotzlif, what does that mean, like a Matzlif? So Mechavi Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda demonstrated, on the top, Kim Nagdana, like someone whipping. One whipping does so in a downwards manner, starting high, and each whip getting progressively lower. Same with the blood. He would sprinkle the first time farther away from him with the subsequent sprinklings, getting progressively closer to himself, but again, not actually landing on the R in itself. And Abraise is saying the same thing. Tana, we have Abraise, Shumaza, when he would do the sprinklings, Ene Maza al Kapires, he wouldn't actually sprinkle it on the Kapires, Ela Keneged Avish al Kapires, rather opposite, meaning corresponding to or towards the thickness of the Kapiras. And we continue, Kshumaza Lamala, when he did the sprinkling Lamala, how did he do that? He would turn his hand underneath. The same way when you throw a ball underhand, you lower your hand and then throw it upwards. So too, his hand would be lower and then he would flick his finger upwards. And Kshumaza Lamata, when he did the down sprinkling, he would turn his hand upwards, similar to the way you throw a ball overhand, he would take his finger and flick it from top to bottom. And now the Gemara asks Menani Mili, how do we know that he didn't actually sprinkle it on the Aaron, he just sprinkled it towards the Aaron? So Amr Abacha Bar Yaakov, Amr Abzeira, Amr Kra. The Pasuk tells us in regards to the sire of Yom Kippur, Vihiza Aisai al HaKapiris, Lifnei HaKapiris, and he shall sprinkle it, meaning he should sprinkle the blood on the Kapiris and in front of the Kapiris. Now, the Pasuk did not need to say that he needs to sprinkle it Lamata by the sire. That was not necessary. Why not? Because it could be learned out from the Mata of Par. It says that he should sprinkle the blood of the Par Lamata, so we don't need to say to do that by the sire. So Lama Nemer, why does it say by the sire? In order to compare the words al and al, just like the word means in front of, and it doesn't mean on top of, it doesn't mean that it's touching the aron, it's just in front of the aron, so too the word al, al, it doesn't mean actually on the kapiris, it means near the kapiris, in the direction of the kapiris. As the Gemara the opposite should be true. It shouldn't have to say that the blood of the par should be sprinkled upwards, that's not necessary, that could be learned from the word mala of sar. So Lama Namar, why is it that the Pasik says the word Lamala by Par, La Kushe Lifne Laal, in order to compare the word Lifne to the word Al, Ma'al Al Mamish, just like the word Al means on top, and literally on top, actually landing on the Kapiras, Af Lifne Al Mamish. So to the word Lifne could also mean actually on top, and we would darshan it as Lifne meaning on the front of the Arain, so the blood actually has to land on the Arain. Perhaps that's what the Joshua should be. So the Gemara says, Hi Mai, how does this make sense? If you want to say the following, it would be good that Lamata de Ser la Kushe, the word Lamata of Ser, that's being used for the Hekish, like we originally said. So then, Lamala de Parmi, we could use the word Lamala said by Par for that which was taught in the base Majush of Reb Lezbern Yaakov, it says by the Par, Al Kedma. And what do we learn from here? Zeb Bana Av. This creates the source for the following rule. Anytime the Pasuk says the word Pene, that's referring to doing it towards the East. But if you want to say the word Lamala Par, that's meant for the Hekish to tell us that we're supposed to sprinkle the blood on the Arn itself. So, Lamata de Sarah what do we need the word Lamata by Sarah for, like we asked originally? Therefore, it must be that our original Joshua was correct, namely that the Hazais were done towards the Arn, but not actually landing on the Arn. And now we continue talking about the Hazais. Tan Rabban, we have a Brisa. It says in the Pasuk by the Sire, and he should sprinkle it on the Kapiras and in front of the Kapiras.
the kapayers. Lamanu, this teaches us, kama lamala besoyer, how many times have to be sprinkled lamala by the sawyer? Achas, one time. Why is that? Because the Pasuk says, vehiza oisoy, and he shall sprinkle it al hakapayers. And it is singular. So therefore, there's one sprinkling being done lamala by the sawyer. Now, lamata besoyer, any day kama, but the down sprinklings of the sawyer, I don't know how many should be done. So, hareni done. I'm going to make the following Joshua. Namru damam lamata bepar, namru damam lamata besoyer. We know that there's sprinklings lamata by par, and it also says sprinklings lamata by sar. So ma lamata by par sheva, just like the lamata sprinklings of the par are seven, af lamata by sar sheva. So to the lamata sprinklings of the sar, they're seven. I perhaps klach l'derchzu. We should go the other direction. Namru dam lamala besar, v'namru dam lamata besar. It says the word damim by the lamala sprinkling of the sar, and it says the word damim lamata by the sprinkling of the sar. And the drasha would be ma lamala besar achas, just like the upward sprinkling of the sar is one, af lamata besar achas. So to the downward sprinkling should be one. So the Gemara says, you're right, Nero Lamidaima, let's go see which one it's more comparable to. Done in Mata Mi Mata, ain't done in Mata Milamala. We're going to learn below from below, and we're not going to learn below from above. But then the Gemara asks, Adarab, the opposite should make sense. Done in Gufa Mi Gufa, ain't done in Gufa Mi Alma. Perhaps we should learn it from itself. We should learn Sire from Sire and not learn Sire from something else, meaning learning it from higher. So right now we're at an impasse, say, we don't know how to learn. So therefore, Tom Lamar, the Pasuk says, Va'asa is Damai Kasher Asal Adama Par, and he should do with its blood the same way he did for the Dama of the Par. It doesn't have to say kasher asa the same way he did with the dam of the par. Why does it have to say that? We already mentioned the sprinklings of the sire, so why do we have to compare it to the par? So why is it the pasuk has to say kasher asa sheyu kol asiyosav shavais that all of its doings should be equal? And therefore, kishem shel mata bepar shava kach mata besar shava, just like the lamata of the par is seven, so to the lamata of the sire is seven. And now we're going to have a similar drasha by the par lamanu kama lamata bepar ubesar shava. We just learned how many lamata sprinklings are done by par and sire, that's seven. Lamala bapar any kama, but I don't know how many lamala sprinklings are done by the par. Vaharini done, I'll make the following drasha. Namrudam lamala basar, vnamrudam lamala bapar. It says damim lamala by sar, it says dam lamala by par, ma lamala basar achas, just like the lamala of the sire is referring to one sprinkling, af lamala bapar achas, so to the lamala of the par is talking about one sprinkling. Or perhaps go in this direction. Namrudam lamata bapar, vnamrudam lamala bapar. It says damim by the par, both lamata and lamala, ma lamata bapar sheva, just like the Lamata sprinklings of the par are seven, af lamala bapar sheva, so too the Lamala sprinklings of the par are seven. So the Gemara says, okay, near Lamidaima, let's see what's more comparable. Done in mala mi mala, ve'en done in mala mi mata. We're going to learn mala from mala, meaning par from sire, and not learn mala from mata. Asking the Gemara, adra, but perhaps the other way makes sense. Done in gufa mi gufa, ve'en done in gufa mi alma. We're going to learn it from itself, meaning par from par, and not learn par from somewhere else. So therefore, Tamalaymer, the Pasuk says, ve'asa is dame kasher asa, she'en Tamalaymer kasher asa. The Pasuk doesn't have to say kasher asa. Also, why does it say it? She you call asiyos of shavais. All of its doings shall be equal. Kashim shalamata bepar shava, kachlamata besar shava. Just like the down sprinklings of par are seven, so too the down sprinklings of sar are seven. And ukashim shalamala besar achas. Just like the upward sprinklings of the sar are one, kachlamala bepar achas. So too the upward sprinkling of par is one. And the Mishnah said achas, achas va'achas, achas u'shtaim. And this was in describing how the kain gadol counted when he did the sprinklings. When he did the one lamala, he said achas. When he did the first one lamala. He said achas ve'achas, referring to the first one that he had done lamala, and now this first one he did lamata, and then he said achas ushtaim after he did the second one, and so on and so forth. And now we have a brisa tan rabbanon. He said the following: achas, achas ve'achas, achas ushtaim, achas ushalosh, achas ve'arba, achas ve'chamesh, achas ve'shesh, achas ve'sheva. Divir Rabmeir, that's Rabmeir's opinion. Now Rabbi Huda Imer, he says it was a different way: achas, achas ve'achas, ushtaim ve'achas, shalosh ve'achas, arba ve'achas, chamesh ve'achas, shesh ve'achas, sheva ve'achas, and the more explains, Veloi Pligi, they're not actually arguing. Marki Asay or Marki Asray. 
Each one is describing the way that they would count in their locale. In Rav Meir's locale, the main number was mentioned first, and then the secondary number. So first, one is mentioned, and then the numbers afterwards. So let's say they were counting 20, Rashi says, they would count 21, 22, 23. However, Rabbi Huda's locale was the exact opposite. They would first count this specific number, and then count the main number. So let's say they were counting 20s, they would say 3 and 20, 4 and 20, 5 and 20, and that's why they have this discrepancy in how the Kohen was supposed to count. And now the Gemara says, the Kuli Everyone agrees that the first sprinkling, the first upwards one, needs to be counted along with every other one. My time, why is that? Rebel Lazar Amar, he says, That's so that he doesn't make a mistake with all the sprinklings. So Rashi explains that as the Kohen Gadol counts the first one, he's given extra time to concentrate on where he's holding in the count and therefore won't mess up. Now, many other Rishonim explain that if he wouldn't count the first one as its own number, namely one and one, one and two, one and three, and he would simply count one, two, three, four, five, then when he performs the first down one and says the number two, because it's the second sprinkling he's doing, he might get confused, thinking that it's his second down sprinkle when in truth it's only his first. He might then only do a total of seven hazais, not a total of eight. That's why he counts one and one, one and two, one and three, so as not to get mixed up. Now, Rabbi Yechon he tells us, Amar Kral the Pasuk says, In front of the Kaparis he shall sprinkle. The Pasuk doesn't have to tell us that he's going to sprinkle. Why is that? Because the Pasuk had already said, so it doesn't need to repeat itself by saying So why is it the pasuk repeats itself? This teaches us that that first sprinkling needs to be counted along with all the other ones. The Gemara asks, "My what's the difference between Rabbi Yechon and Rabbi Lazar?" The difference is if he didn't count that first one and he didn't make a mistake. So Rabbi that's not a problem. The only reason why Rabbi Lazar says he should count is so as not to make a mistake. But if he didn't make a mistake, there's no problem if he doesn't count. But according to Rabbi Yechanan, the Pasuk tells us he has to count. And therefore, even if he didn't make a mistake, if he didn't count, it's not valid and he has to do the sprinklings again. And the Mishnah said, Yatza the Kohen Gadol leaves the Kaj Kedashim, al Khan Zav and he places the pitcher with the blood on the golden stand which is in the Hechel. Now the Mishnah then quoted Rabbi Yehuda's opinion that there was only one golden stand and not two. The Gemara now brings another statement of Rabbi Yehuda's that might be related to this one. Now quick introduction, we've already learned in Masech HaShkalim about the 13 boxes shaped like a shifer, and therefore called shifras, that were located in the base of Mikdash and designated for all types of money to be placed into them, such as machzah shekel, that's owed to the base of Mikdash, and different karbonas that one needs to or wants to bring. And now the Gemara says, Tanan Hastam, we learned in a mission over there. Rabbi Huda Aymer, he says, There was not a shifer for the kinim of chayva because they might get mixed up. Now when a person needs to bring a ken, a bird pair, as karbonas, either because they're zav, zav, or another reason, they would place the money in a shifer designated for it. The kind would then empty the box, purchase birds with the money, be mocker of the birds on behalf of the owner. But Rabbi Yehuda holds that there was no shifer for the birds that were a chayv, these necessary birds that had to be brought, because of tarivas. And now the Gemara says, what does that mean? It might get mixed up. So Amar Yesef, he says, because the money designated for a chayv might get mixed up with the money that was simply donated, and a ken of chayv is a chatas and oila, but an adava is only an oila. The avayda of oila and chatas are different, so we can't mix up these monies. Therefore, there's no box for chayv money. Amr le Abai, Abai asked Rav Yosef, why don't we make two boxes, v'nechtev alayu, hey de chayva, v'hey de nadava, and write on each of them which one is for chayva and which one for nadava, and then they're not going to get mixed up. So Rav Yosef answered him, Rav Yehuda, known Hamad Beis on the top, less like Siva, he doesn't hold of writing, he doesn't hold that simply by writing what it is on the box, that all of a sudden the kain's not going to get mixed up. He still might get mixed up, and then we might have these monies mixed up, and that's going to be a problem. Then we have a Mishnah, and this is our Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda Aymer, he says, 
there was only one golden stand in the Heichal. Trey my time alloy, why weren't there two stands? Mishum de Michalfi. That's because the blood might get mixed up. If he puts the blood of the par in one and the blood of the sayer in the other, and he's supposed to take one blood and he accidentally takes the other, that's going to be a problem because we know that he's not exchange the Avaidas. He has to do the Avaidas in the precise order. So we have to make sure that he takes the right blood. And Rav Yisab Kitan is explaining, so why don't we just make two golden ones? One of them has power written on it, and one of them has Sarah written on it. Ella must be Rabbi Huda, less like Siva. Rabbi Huda doesn't hold of the Svara that you could just write on something, and that's going to be sufficient enough to prevent someone from getting mixed up. But now, Meisve, we ask a question of Rav Yosef. It says in the Mishnah, Shkalim, There were 13 shayfers in the base of Mikdash, and the following was written on them, Tiklan Chadatin, New Shkalim, Tiklan Atikin, and Old Shkalim, Vikinin, and Bird Pairs, Vigaisle Ayla, and Young Birds for an Ayla, Vaitzim, and Wood. This money was used to purchase wood for the Mizbech, Ulavaina, and Frankincense, Vizavla Kapiris, Vishishalanadava, and there were six boxes for donations. Tiklan Chadatin, what's the box of Tiklan Chadatin? Elushkalim, Shokashan, Vishana. This is for the Machsa Shekel that's donated every single year. Tiklan Atikin, Old Shkalim, what's that? Mishal Shekel Shtaket, someone that did not give their Machsa Shekel last year, they forgot to. Yishkal Shan Habas, and he has to give another Machsa Shekel this upcoming year and it gets put into this other box. Kinin Hain Tyrin, the box for Kinin was used to purchase doves. Geisle Ayla Hain Yaina, the box that had Geisle Ayla written on it was used to purchase young pigeons. And Vikulan Ayla's, all of these, meaning the Tyrin and the Bnei Yaina, the Kinin box and the Geisle Ayla box, all of them were used to purchase Ayla's. Deva Rabbi Huda, that's Rabbi Huda's opinion. So we see very clearly this Mishnah is like Rabbi Huda because Kinin does not mean a bird pair, meaning it's not referring to the kingdom of Chayva. Again, as Rabbi Yehuda had said, that there is no box for kingdom of Chayva. And why is this clearly not like Rabbi Yosef? Because the beginning of the Mishnah says that it's written on the box. So clearly, Rabbi Yehuda holds that we could write on a box, and that's sufficient enough to prevent any mix-ups from happening. It must be that Rabbi Yosef is wrong, and Rabbi Yehuda does not mind writing something in order to prevent mix-ups from happening. So why is it then that there was no special box for kingdom of Chayva according to Rabbi Yehuda? So ki- when he came from Eretz Yisrael, Omar, he said, I'm my Rav, they say in Eretz Yisrael, mishum we have a Gzeira because of meaning even though no mix-up is going to happen in between the Chayv and the Dava boxes, we have a potential issue with the Chayv box itself. Rabbi Huda is afraid that one of the owners that deposited money in the box for the Chayv passed away before the carbon was brought, and since some of the money is designated for a Chatas, now it has a status of money for a Chatas whose owner died. It has to be thrown to the Amamela, but now it's all mixed up with the other chatos and oil money of the other owners. Hence, Rabbi Huda's statement of Mipne Hatarayves, the money itself in the box itself is going to get mixed up. Not that the money is going to get mixed up with money from a different box, it's going to get mixed up with the money in its box itself. So the Gemara asks, Michashina, do we have to be afraid that someone died and we didn't know about it? But tonight we have a Mishnah. Someone is Mimdina Sayam, he's overseas, and he sends a carbon chatos that he's chayav to bring. We're going to bring the carbon under the assumption that he's still alive. We do not not have to assume that he died. So why is it that now we're going to assume that a person died? So the Gemara says, you're right. It's because of something else. We can still run to the issue of in the scenario that we know that the owner died. At the end of the day, there still is money here that's usher prohibiting all the other money. Therefore, no having a box for Kinam of Chayva. Now the Gemara asks, we still have a solution. Even though we know that someone died, we can fix it up easily. Why don't we take out four Zuz from this box? That's the amount that would be used to purchase one bird. Throw it into the water, and all the other ones now are permitted. So the Gemara answers Rabbi Yehuda Lesley Breira. Rabbi Yehuda does not hold of Breira, he does not hold of retroactive determination. He says that we're not able to say that retroactively it must be that this money that was thrown into the Yamamelech 
was actually the money that that person put in. He does not allow that to happen in order to permit an Isser. Rashi points that out clearly, and therefore all the money would be Usser, hence his ruling that there was no Shifer for Kinam of Chayv. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow with further analyzing Rabbi Huda's opinion of Leslie Brera, but for now, everyone should have a wonderful day.